Hi, I'm your host Keshav Chauhan and this is Milliseconds, an attempt at personifying all of the things we see but don't think about. Daniel Rice is a professional violinist and vocalist turned UX designer, currently working as an interaction designer at Chai One. After years of freelance graphic design, she was made aware of UX design and something clicked. Here was this career that allowed her to pursue her passion for branding, visual storytelling in seconds and combined it with something even more important to her, showing everyone a good time. This episode follows a similar tangent. Oh, honey, don't talk to me like I'm a child. Oh, honey, you know that tone of voice, it drives me wild. Hi, Daniel. Thanks a lot for being on the show. So, how have you been doing lately? <laughs> this was I've perfect. I've been doing good. I've been uh, getting asked to sing in early hours of the morning and <laughs> loving it. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, look, how, how has, like, previous year been for you, like? Oh, they've been good. I've been uh, switching into a new career, which has been a lot of fun. Um, learning how to work a nine to five, which is interesting for me, um, especially being freelance in the past. So there's a, been a lot of learning going on. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You know, never before while starting this podcast, I thought that one day I'll be talking to a professional violinist, like, which is so, so cool. Also, you're also a vocalist and now you have also your own band, Daniel and the Arrows, which is super cool. And now you're a UX designer. So like, how did this musical journey cross with your pathway for designing experiences? That's a great question. Uh, probably it may seem like a leap for some people, but uh, it happened pretty gradually. I grew up playing music. My aunt was in the symphony, so I took violin lessons all growing up and after college I was in a couple bands and uh, when you're an independent band you're doing all your own promotion so that included creating our brand and creating posters our websites and things like that so I got really into graphic design and website design and after the pandemic it well even before that I was kind of getting into design but um, especially after the pandemic I was like all right it's time to find a new career and so I started looking into things and found UX design and haven't looked back since so is it like when you discovered UX for the first time something that's too good to be true yes <laughs> um <laughs> I was trying to, I even looked into coding for a little bit because my main goals were to find something that I could be remote and I could travel a lot with and it would be, I also started thinking it would be a nice way to fund my own music. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. So coding, you know, it makes a pretty penny. So I was like, all right, I could, I could do this if I really wanted to and could have done it but I wasn't really excited about it and then one of the same places that was doing a boot camp for development was also doing one for design and when I read the yeah. description I remember thinking uh okay this is what's the catch here <laughs> this is too good <laughs> to be true it was you know yeah. 
creating the experience and thinking about like very meticulous details and being pretty much, I mean, customer forward, it's user forward. So it, yeah. it just matched really well. <laughs> yeah. So you know, to me, it seems like your life is so interesting that one can make a movie out on it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my boyfriend that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell him, no one's listening to this. <laughs> so, you know, be, I'd you be were, way too excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> it will for sure, I think, one day. So, you know, you were born in New Orleans and you wrote in your portfolio that uh, it was inevitable that you pursue music. So why is it so like, mm-hmm. is it like a kind of a New Orleans thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just drenched in music everywhere you go. I went to, so I grew up in like a suburb of New Orleans and then I moved to New Orleans for college. I was a music student in college, so all my friends were musicians. I ended up, I went to school for classical violin, ended up in like singing some jazz. I was also in a cover band for weddings, like things like that. It's just like everywhere you look, there's different kind of music and everybody just wants to play (laughs) so you just (laughs) end up you get thrown into situations where you just have to learn different styles of music and kind of go with the flow of it and yeah it's pretty is if you're there it's you're going to be involved in music in some way shape or form (laughs) for sure for sure have you seen the movie whiplash no i have not oh oh it's it's a really cool movie like it's a movie uh, that demonstrates what it means to go after what you want to what you want in life so it's a movie about a drummer and the only things he wants to do in life life is become the most famous drummer of all time so uh. yeah it, it's a really good watch I, I recommend it to almost everyone so it's like extreme cool. motivation to do something oh i love those <laughs> yeah I, um, i'm slightly a, a hermit when it comes to movies and books i just kind of i like to repeat things so i watch a lot of my favorite things again and again oh same same here, same here. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so you know when you mentioned that new orleans thing so are there any famous musicians that were born in new orleans as well like you Oh boy, born in New Orleans. Oh, so many. Um, and oh. of course, at this early hour, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I mean, you got Louis Armstrong and Dr. Ooh. John. Like, those are people who are famous from New Orleans, you know? Mm. Harry Connick Jr., for someone who's a little bit more famous. Or not more famous, mm. more recent. Definitely not more famous. Sorry, Harry. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah, I think also when you're there, you get a little, I wasn't aware that the rest of the world wasn't like that because I was always there. So where I live now in Oregon, Mm. there's music. It's just, it's, Mm. it's not the same. It's like you turn the corner in New Orleans and there's someone playing. It's like a fairyland. (laughs) It's like uh, the plot of La La Land in real life. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you watched that actually. movie. <laughs> I haven't seen all of it actually, but oh. I've seen I've seen the scenes from it. Yeah, you're like a real. You're more into music, I think, than as compared to movies. Just, yeah. just. Yes, I would confirm that a hundred percent. I love movies. I just don't know much about them. Waiting for her own La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is 
so do your friends like call you a funny person who is not trying to be funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes <laughs> थर्टी for sure so you know, i was curious about one thing like how similar do you think is the process of song writing and like let's say designing a website Ooh. i think my first instinct is that they're entirely different but that's yeah. not entirely true i feel so the way i wrote that song in particular i i promise it will get back to ux if uh yeah yeah so that one it just started with like the little it started with that first line and then from yeah. there i built the song and it i this is going to unromanticize songwriting but it was like <laughs> figuring out <laughs> what notes are these notes and what can go underneath that and how can i layer the violin with the cello part and when does this instrument come in and it does become very methodical and very much like you have to plan out the whole song to figure out what goes where which mm-hmm. is like UX design you have to figure out what the i guess what the audience is seeing and viewing i said that so many times in my interviews you know that i have a lot of user centered experience because performing is like usability testing in the moment it's like all right are they enjoying this no <laughs> let's, let's yeah. change this. let's pick up the pace or something like that yeah. so it is it, that was- in that way it's very similar it's like okay how do i express what i'm trying to say but also the audience also understands it and i think that's website i mean that's ux design also in a nutshell it's like what does the client or the stakeholder whatever fancy term you want to use for that uh yeah. what do they want but and then how do you get that across to the user in a way that they want to digest it yeah i think that was a really really good analogy you should probably write a book i'm not i'm not i'm very serious right now i'm not like, <laughs> okay so it, i get a book deal and a movie deal it's <laughs> a great way to start my day <laughs> for sure so you know, the fact that you said that nailing the first line i think it's very important like when i also write stuff i focus too much on the first line because that that will only act as a hook for to to, to like drive people in the whole mm-hmm. paragraph or like the whole song or the whole website like yeah which was very very good take on it okay. you know when was the first time when you realized that ux is what you're interested in like the first click i think i mean i do really specifically remember reading that description uh yeah. on the boot camp website and thinking first of all that oh i've already been doing this <laughs> and then b i mean because there's also the element of understanding people and understanding how they interact with things and i've always been very very curious about how other people do things because i've been 
constantly told that I've got a unique perspective. So other people's <laughs> opinions and like way of doing things is very fascinating to me. And being, I guess, being Southern, a Southern lady, I just always, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So I was like, all right, this is, seems like a, like a logical way <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> to combine creativity, like my people pleasing, and then also just like creating experiences and just all kind of melded together. And it keeps proving itself to me. I was worried, you know, when I first signed up for that boot camp, I was like, you're going to get through this. And by the end, you're going to hate it. (laughs) um, No, I still love it. It's still great. It's just constantly learning. I think that's another part of it that I really love. But yeah, that description really got me. And I wish I remembered. The thing about my memory is I remember reading it and I remember these reactions to it and the emotions, but I don't remember which boot camp it was because I would love to plug them right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, what people don't realize is that UI is much more than uh, visuals itself. So it's also about the audio experience, like the touch, the sense of smell. Like, for example, you know, whenever someone buys an Apple MacBook Pro, they, you know, they really like the fact of opening the MacBook. It's like a very good process. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's also one of the key components of UI, de- UI design, which people ignore. They only think yep. on the visuals. And I think, you know, having a career in music has helped you form all these things and combine those together, which is very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So now I would describe you as a person like who is the perfect example of a T-shaped skill set which is very rare to find these days and very, very valuable. Mm. Like, let's go back to your university, Loyola University in New Orleans. <sighs> so how would you describe your time there? Oh, a lot of words. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was both... I was... Uh, uh, hmm. It was fun. I had a lot of fun mm. in college. Um, I... So Loyola, and it, which was good and bad. Loyola did have a... They wanted, it was a school where you needed to take your general classes. And the high school I went to didn't count a lot of the classes I took. Um, Long story short is I had, like, I had to take another math and I had to take another English. And all I wanted to do was focus on my music classes. So there was a little bit, there was one half of me that was like, skirting out on those quote unquote extra classes and like going to spend time in the practice room. So depending on which teacher you talk to, I was either very studious or very flaky. Um, But, you know, I was just trying to focus on what mattered to me personally. Um, But I was very quiet in class. I think going back, I mean, even in the, the boot camp I just did, I don't, I don't mind, like, speaking to people one-on-one, I love doing it. Or if I'm giving a presentation, sure, let's do that. But just, like, speaking up in a group of people has always been hard for me. So in class, I was very quiet. I didn't actually start playing any of my original music until the very end of my senior year. And it was mostly Mm -hmm. after college that that journey all started. Um, Mm -hmm. And the music you heard wasn't until, like, oh, God. It's five years after I graduated, maybe. Yeah. How long has it been? I don't want to think about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, your peers would have been surprised. <laughs> like, she, mm-hmm. she plays violin. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. that well, that the opposite. Me. They were surprised that I sang because I was the okay. orchestra kid in all my music industry yeah. classes. 
Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of people were like, oh, you sing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes to me as well. So I was like the nerd uh, in my school days. So <laughs> like when now I'm hosting a podcast, people say that you're hosting a podcast? What? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> that that that's what happened with me as well. My you know, my college journey was like my friends know this. I won't tell it in detail. I will like summarize it in just two words. It was like Murphy's Law in picture. So have you heard of Murphy's Law? <laughs> uh, yes, I love that you just said that. Nobody knows Murphy's Law. <laughs> yeah, the, the inception of my college was uh, the perfect definition of Murphy's Law. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that's why I started a podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, you know, you also have been freelancing for a really, really long time. And I think th- that's the longest time you've worked for was Kaiser Strings. So mm-hmm. I was it, like working at a place which combined both of your skill sets very like perfectly. Oh, it was great. I think it was it was also a great like launching point. Because first of all, the the owners at Keller Strings, if anyone from New Orleans is listening and, and plays strings, go visit them because they're the sweetest yeah people in the entire world they were like my second set of parents is um it was a lot of fun it was it was um combining the website design with all my violin knowledge which I knew a lot about so I feel like when I did user research it was yeah it was comfortable but it was also really eye-opening because you know most people going to the shop had never purchased a violin or like didn't know anything about it. So it was, it was really fun to look at it from a completely different perspective. So it was really fun. You know, I was just geeking out the entire time I did that project. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So now a difficult question now. So why did you choose violin as a first instrument? Oh, let's see. Violin was chosen. How did I choose it? I, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I saw a Barney special. It was I was very young. I was like maybe okay. five years old. Okay. Uh, there was a Barney special. This is a kids show. I don't even know if Barney still exists, but he's like a big purple thing. Um, yeah. Some sort of friendly <laughs> dinosaur. I think that's actually yeah. the tagline. I don't know. But okay. some of the kids were playing violin. They were playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And yeah. uh, apparently I told my mom that a that I wanted to do it and a that they didn't sound they didn't sound so great and that I wanted to do a job which is terrible but apparently that's what I said so I played part of it was like you make a a violin out of rubber band and a tissue box and I tried to play it for like months my mom said and so she was finally like all right I guess we'll get her a real violin because beginning violin is not pretty yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, do you do you know anything about that? <laughs> so I also started violin, so yeah, uh, six six to seven months back, Ooh. and yeah, it was very very difficult, and so I kind of paused it for some time, so just because it's getting very difficult. I'll take it up for sure. I I love the instrument. Mm-hmm. But like getting that perfect sound because in a guitar there are frets, so because of that frets, you know where to place your finger to uh, get get a note. But in violin there are no frets, which makes no. it even harder. So it's and also so it's hard. it's a very physically uncomfortable instrument. I think no <laughs> instrument is that that physically uncomfortable as compared to violin. 
you know yeah. also i read a uh, interesting fact that playing violin burns a lot of calories does it really <laughs> yeah really like i think 100 calories in one hour uh, <laughs> it's probably because you're thinking so much when you play there's no, just so you many also, things you can mess up on violin <laughs> also uh, first of all it's a very physically uncomfortable and also you are with the bow you have to swing in a motion so that that motion also mm-hmm. strains mm-hmm. your hand after a long time so because of that i think uh, you burn a lot of calories so in case yes, someone yes. does not know how to exercise does, does not love it you can pick up violin i think <laughs> simple as <laughs> <is> that <laughs> it's too simple how to get a six pack app just start playing violin <laughs> so you know i also saw one of your case studies indicator i think it was also inspired by your journey which was an yes. app to guide artists in the right direction like how did you come up with this idea which is like really good that one is is so i remember pitching that for a case study because i remember like this is too personal they're not going to let me do this yeah. <laughs> um when i say they that was a project for the design lab i was in yeah for design yeah. lab and uh, uh yeah it's, that one's super personal for me because i wish that existed so badly and i think in the future <laughs> that is something i will pursue like actually turn it into a startup i would love um yeah. to eventually grow into music tech i think that would be a perfect yeah. you know marriage of all my skill sets but that particular idea is like when you're an independent artist there's just so much going on that yeah. it's hard to keep track of it it's hard to tell what on earth is working and what isn't working and usually yeah, most musicians have their heads in the clouds and they don't want to be doing those things anyway so like keeping track of it is even harder and so it just seems I talked to one of my old professors and he was like well this is what I do with my clients is we keep track of numbers and that way they can like see you can actually see the tangible results of your actions and I was like oh my yeah. goodness ding 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 <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah I think there would be I I built it cuz I would love to have it as an original music artist yeah so for sure I would okay. love to be one of the co-founders let's start it together in case you're okay. interested. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, you know, I'll let you know whenever do- it gets going. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, yesterday I was doing a Twitter space. And do you, have you heard of Y Combinator? No. So it's a startup. You should just make it, a list of things for me. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I'll, I'll send you. So yeah, Y Combinator is a startup accelerator. So it funds like, it funds 125K dollars uh, for exchange of 7% of your equity. So okay. yesterday we were discussing this at 12 midnight. Uh, so I mistakenly <laughs> quoted the amount as uh, one one thousand uh, so 100k dollars instead of 125k dollars. And just after that space ended, uh, there was a tweet by Y Combinator that we'll be now funding uh, 500k dollars instead of 100k dollars. And I was like Whoa. mind blown. <laughs> I made one mistake and I they changed the whole price. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was so mind blowing yeah so i was wow. talking about why community like we can approach it sometime if we build this app Ooh, okay yeah <laughs> cool cool oh. so you know what was the most difficult time in your career that you're very thankful for because of the person it shaped you into oh oh that's a that's a good one um yeah. 
My favorite time or hardest, hardest, most difficult. Hardest. Oh, opposite. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. I think kind of the breaking point. I mean, obviously the pandemic was hard for yeah. everybody. That's true. But it was a a special sort of slap in the face, I think, for a lot of people in the way that I love music with my whole heart. But I, for me personally, uh, yeah. I needed something, a career that provided more stability so that I could be creative. There's like, you know, if you're worried about where your next paycheck is going to come from and you're worried about the next gig and like, is this song going to appeal to people and that sort of stuff, you don't really feel creative for me yeah. some people do really well in this situation but for me personally I needed something that was a little bit more stable so I had the yeah. like the security and peace of mind so that was pretty hard to realize like oh wow we don't have any <laughs> security here uh, yeah. the one thing can happen and you are up uh, I don't know if cursing is okay but um, a, a Blank Creek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought your yeah. audio went away for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of an uh, a substitute, and I just defaulted to like teacher mode, where I would just blurt it out. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I had that's a that pretty was... good answer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So now you joined Chaiwan very recently, like in December as an interaction designer. Yes. A very, a very big congratulations for that. Let's have a Thank party you. one day. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so how has the experience been? Like, it's very short, but uh, how, how has it been? Oh, it's been great. It's been, I think I made a month on like last Friday. So it's very fresh, uh, but they've been so kind. This was also, it was very similar to the beginning of it, you know, looking into UX design. Cause I remember the interviews and it was a little bit of, uh, this is too mm -hmm. good to be true. Y'all, this is too nice. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have my mother to thank for that doubt in the world. Um, she's yeah. just always so nervous. Anyway, but the people there are just fantastic. And they're always, you know, encouraging me to learn. And I got thrown into a project, which I love. That sounds terrible. But I was like, yeah. throw me in. I just want to get going. And so yeah. it's that's been a great experience so far. It's been fun to see what it's like in the real world <laughs> like with a yeah. whole team. I think a lot of my design, I mean, all of my design projects up until then had been just me. So it's been really fun to, yeah. you know, geek out with other people on a daily basis about buttons and what the user's thinking and this is a confusing layout how can we fix this and stuff like that it's uh fun you know it's just always fun when you find a community of people you can talk to about things you enjoy yeah that that's really true you know i also talked to evelina before so she's also been on the podcast <gasps> the episode oh, is not out, out yet but i think whenever we're recording it it would have been out so like she's also a very good person to talk to uh, we talked yeah. a lot about machine learning and all those stuff like it was really, oh, cool. Really good. Yeah. She's um she's the reason why I'm even at Taiwan because she did a Ooh. she was co-hosting an ADP list session. Yeah, yeah. And it was about online networking. Well, oh, I was also in that session. <laughs> oh really? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like when she was talking about how, you know, most people approach her on LinkedIn, it was yeah, they kind exactly. of skirt around the bush of like, yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to connect. And she was like, please just be direct. And I was like, this is my language. Yes. Yeah. Why are we just all straight? Like, yeah, I would love to just be straightforward about it. So I copied, she sent that example message and I copied yeah. and pasted it and sent it to her and said, this is great advice. <laughs> <laughs> and then here we are. So Sam, yeah. like, I think yeah. that also reaffirms the idea that you want to work somewhere where people yeah. get you. Um, yeah, that's true. Like, I think a lot of people would have found that probably unprofessional, but she enjoyed it. Now I have a job working with people I get along with. So yeah, I think if it, if it works, it works with the people that it's supposed to work with. Yeah, that is true. Are you like in the whole session or are you like for some time only? Wait, what was that? Oh, that, so, that session. I was late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was also late. Same. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I also asked her a question in, in that session, uh, Evelina, uh, like, and the question was like based on how to form long-term relationship with mentors, because, you know, after mm. a point of time, it's, it, it, it becomes difficult to initiate conversations because you don't really need any help. So why will you like text her or text him? So yeah, right. she answered it pretty well. And in that session only, I uh, like sent her a message on, like, there is a feature on Zoom that you can send message to a single person as well, not like the whole space whole mm-hmm. meeting so i sent her a text like will you be interested in joining me for an episode and she was like yeah for sure let's do this <laughs> so oh great was, it was like really really cool stuff <laughs> yeah i saw the um halim halim the, yeah, the halim. woman who was running it uh yeah she, i had a session with her as well and she's oh my god she's a firecracker I couldn't, I was like trying to keep up with her energy, which is saying something for me. And (laughs) and she's just so full of joy. She was great. And I think I, cause I reached out to her afterwards and I was like, you did a great thing for me in my life by doing that session. (laughs) Yeah. We know each other pretty well, Helen and I. Oh, cool. We like talked for 1.5 hours, like first time. She's like her time at Parsons and all that stuff. It was really, really cool. Oh, I can definitely see that. <laughs> Such a small world. <laughs> For sure. So now what's one piece of advice that you would want to give to people who are just thinking of building a career in like music or design or both? Ooh, two pieces of, of advice, I think, that go well for each is one is consistency is key. I think yeah. I am... I am so guilty of this and I, I, this is always my advice because I'm the worst at following it. Um, <laughs> consistency is going to get you further than trying to do it all in one night. Uh, you know, like if you wanted to pick up your violin for five minutes every day and just play open strings, you know, not even use your left hand at all, that's going to help your tone much more than trying to play like three hours on a Friday night, you know. And it's the same with design. It's, you know, I tried to cram it all into one week and then I realized, you know, (laughs) if you're more consistent with it, you learn, it sticks longer and you learn it in a deeper way. And then I really wish while I had been like at college or in the boot camp that I had networked more. Uh, I get very focused on tasks and like completing things that I kind of forgot not forgot. I think I just put networking 
to the wayside. I was like, oh, I'll get to that. I'm a procrastinator, but it's just as important. And I think peer learning is so important as well. You just learn so much faster when you're talking to other people. And it, from, I'm sure for other people too, it, it feels uncomfortable to put yourself in a situation where someone might be like, well, that's wrong. Or, you know, maybe try it this way, but you learn so much faster. Most of the time it comes from a place of love that people are saying those things. So get out there. <laughs> That's true. Just show up and remember that the hood is greater than the sum of its parts. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. This was an amazing conversation. Uh, thanks a lot, yeah. So now we'll be moving to rapid fire. So I'll be asking okay. you nine questions and you have to answer each question in 10 seconds, okay? Oh, okay. I can't take longer than that. <laughs> Okay. This is a rule. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Violin or vocals? Oh, just vocals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very bad what? at this. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said vocals. <laughs> okay. Where was your first violin performance? Where? Oh, probably a school gym. Um, oh. I did those what? little uh, Suzuki Method twinkle concerts where you, you go through the Suzuki Method books. And yeah. the big kids, you start with Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and they go through all the books, and the big kids get to stand up through, like, book five. It gets really boring for everyone else, but that's Barney probably the first time. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite band apart from yours? Yeah, uh, Andrew Bird. Oh, nice. One song that describes your wife perfectly. Perfectly? Oh, no pressure. Um, Mr. Blue Sky. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it from? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. I'm going to Google it because I'm going to mess it up. Uh, Electric Light Orchestra. Okay, okay. That's, um, it's the same song. I've been saying this for years, but it's the same song that plays at the beginning of Gardens of the Galaxy 2, I think. It's, um, Mr. Blue Sky. <laughs> it's got that piano beginning. You'd recognize If you yeah. look it up after this, you're going to go, oh, that song. <laughs> <laughs> so once what's one dream place where you want to perform one day oh oh no um oh maybe i don't know if it's a place but it's more of an idea of like playing with a full orchestra oh that's like, so cool you like playing um, original music with the full orchestra playing it well oh, it doesn't matter which one anyone dream come true <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. I, I told you about two cellos, they do it all the time. They've done it quite oh, yeah. uh, very often. So, a hypothetical question. So, if given a chance to magically transform yourself into the world of Harry Potter, which character would you want to friends with? <laughs> the twins. <laughs> Fred and George. With, uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Big time. They just have too much fun. They need someone else to help have that much fun. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Your favorite font? Oh. 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 I spend hours looking at fonts. It's probably my favorite and least favorite part because I, I spend hours. Oh, this isn't answering the question. That I get yeah. Just. <laughs> just is the font I use on my portfolio. So that's the one I'm really digging right now. Yeah. But it changes a lot. That's a hard one. Mm -hmm. These are hard. <laughs> <laughs> A book you would want everyone to read? Oh, oh no. Um, 
oh, I'm torn between fiction and nonfiction. There's a book called, um, I can't say all of it, uh, but it's called How to Get Your Beep Together. Um, yeah. It's, let's see, who is it written by? See, this is, I'm terrible. Um, shoot, I'm going to have to find. No, it's, it's just Get Your Beep Together. And who is it written by? <laughs> Sarah Knight. It yeah. was, uh, I read it during a time where I felt especially disheveled. And it was just a really kind of quirky, sassy author telling you how to, you know, kind of keep things in order and focus and look at your goals. It's really good for, you know, optimistic people, I think, who tend to dream about too many yeah. things and can't focus like me. <laughs> that was a good, great recommendation. So like what, last question, but not the least. What's one thing under $100 that has impact, impacted your life a lot? Oh, boy. I buy a lot of things under $100. Um, like people usually say Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, under $100. I'm looking around the room. Yeah, that sure, sure. You will find Helvetica for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, can't, I mean, notebooks really mm. are, are good. That's the, that's the first thing that's coming to mind. Yeah. I use notebooks for everything. Like, I have, so I have a, like a drawer of notebooks. You know, your ideas go in them. Your, yeah. uh, my thought process, my many goals and dreams that I reword like every three weeks. Um, that, that's true. I think, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go with notebooks. Great, great. That, that's a perfect answer. Thanks a lot for being <laughs> on this show, Daniel. This was, this was a really, really great conversation. I think it's like the funniest conversation in the shortest amount of time possible. Yes. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks a lot for being on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot for sticking till the end. Hope you had an amazing time. If you enjoyed this episode, to give us a rating and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the rate milliseconds HQ for more updates. For any questions or feedback regarding the podcast, you can email me at milliseconds HQ at the rate gmail.com. Stay tuned. Cheers.